Hi, quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Josh Ramsey. I was waiting for that. I've seen them in the other episodes, <laughs> and I knew I was going to love it. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. And today, we're going to be talking about the marketing flywheel. You said there were three hubs to it, or spokes, mm -hmm. and then two actions per spoke or hub. What did you yeah, call that's them? It. Yeah, so we, we call the, the, the three essential components of marketing, right. and then there's two actions to achieve those, those components in each area. Right, brilliant. I'm really looking forward to that because we definitely need a marketing flywheel at CaliCube. Uh, before getting into that, we always talk about brand SERPs. Here's ClearBrand's brand SERP. So I'm going to quiz you about this. Why have you got Google Ads on your own brand name? What's the logic behind it? I'm not criticizing. I'm asking for the logic. Yeah, so um, clear brand is is something that is is useful regardless of whether you know the company or not. Uh, it is really tied into how we approach marketing, and so because we've also been, I've been doing a lot of outreach, and this kind of falls into the third essential component of the flywheel, which we'll unpack in a moment. And this is really so that if anyone hears of this brand and they search for it, or they're looking to clarify their brand, which is a big part of what we actually do. Uh, then it's going to point straight to to that brand name, right? And it, and the Google ads above the homepage because a lot of people say, well, my homepage ranks with the site links. I don't need the ads. Would you disagree? Obviously, you would because you've got the ads. <laughs> well, another part of it is that we used adverts for language testing. So you know, we're going to test right. messaging. We're going to be putting out a whole bunch of A/B tests. We're very much data driven at ClearBrand. Uh, we're all about kind of a scientific approach to marketing. So we're always going to be trying different messaging to see what's engaging. And um, I think if I say any more than that, I'm stepping on our ad specialist's toes, and I really that's not my right. forte. So, <laughs> but but that's what comes to mind at the moment. No, yeah, I mean, I, I love that idea. I mean, Google, and, uh, sorry, Google Ads gives you immense amounts of detail, whereas Search Console doesn't. So testing mm -hmm. out your branding and your messaging using mm -hmm. Google Ads, it's a cheap way to uh, cheap very, very much so way. Yeah, we, uh, we, you know, part of the, the, the language of flywheel comes from our, our love for Jim Collins work, good to great, um, great mm -hmm. by choice. And he talks about this concept of fire bullets and then cannons. So we use adverts to really test language before we then, you know, heavily invest in some kind of campaign or some kind of strategy. And, you know, I'd assume that our ad specialist is, you know, testing out some stuff that will then filter down oh, yeah. to business development. And then I'll be you know, speaking about certain things that we already know people are looking for or people are interested in. That's absolutely brilliant. I love that explanation. And the second one was the um, featuredcustomers.com. You've invested a lot in that. Do you know anything about the fact that you've got 800 reviews on that? Is it any good? That is new to me. That must be someone on the team <laughs> that is doing something apparently pretty well um, <laughs> that I'm not aware of. I, I didn't actually know that we we're uh, listed on. It's customer.com. I'll have to check it out. Uh, it's featuredcustomers.com. I've never heard of it before, and I didn't particularly like the site, but it's ranking very well, and it gives you those beautiful five stars, 4.8 stars, which is hugely important on the brand set to make you look credible. And then you've got lovely videos. You've, you've got a great video strategy. Yeah, so we, we do heavily invest in video. I'm the podcast host for what we call the Clear Brand Marketing Academy podcast. And there we, you know, we do interviews with experts like yourself and others to get their opinions on marketing in general. And then we've got a whole bunch of content that we put out ourselves. And we do test this on our clients, well, prospects that become clients. And a lot of them talk about our YouTube content or our video content being a good trust builder, a, a value builder. 
Right, brilliant. I love video. I'm, I'm a huge fan mm. of video. Uh, right, we're, we're about to get into the flywheel itself. Just before that, a word from our sponsors. And I would like to point out to everybody listening that CaliCube Tuesday's monthly roundtable is coming up on Tuesday, uh, at, right after this. And if you would like to watch that, please do. It's geeky stuff with WordLift. And then pointing out that CaliCube has three solutions for your brand cert. For beginners, you can read the brand cert book. For the intermediates, you can take the brand cert courses, including indeed the knowledge panel course. And if you're advanced, the SaaS platform is for you. We can help you with your brand cert on multiple levels. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. So, um, back to you, Josh. I do apologize, I'm getting confused with my buttons. And the, the marketing flywheel, what are the three principal pivots or, or points of the marketing flywheel? Right on. So the way I'd like to do this is give you those three essential components and then we'll come back around and we'll keep moving around the flywheel to add in the essential actions, the two actions that relate to each one. So again, the reason we chose the word flywheel, a flywheel is a heavy metal spinning disc and it's the consistent input with cumulative responses, much like brand soap, I'd imagine, you know, as you invest in your SEO, you're going to get more mm. return. So that's the idea here. The first vital component is building memories. Our marketing has to be building memories. And this is because 5% or less of your potential market is ready to buy right now. They're in the buying moment. They want their toothpaste right now. They're going online. They're going to buy it or the service or the consulting or the widget, whatever. But for the vast majority of users, it's, it's going to happen in the future. So literally in the future, they are going to encounter a problem and they're either going to remember your solution or they are not. So the first vital component is going to be building memories um, we also right. focus here because this is going to make all our follow-up efforts of marketing more efficient and more effective so we're going to reduce marketing waste we're going to reduce um, ad spend waste and pretty much every other waste that goes into marketing human capital um, time so we start there building right memories and the, the idea of a memory is having the content that makes me remember emotionally what I experienced with the brand, but also get the brand name in my brain so that the day that I need something, I remember the brand name. Absolutely. So you, you've kind of given us a good tease, a teaser of those two actions. So let's keep moving and then we'll spin <laughs> back around and unpack those. As you said, you're, you're, you're bang on the money. Um, we just use a slightly different language uh, and we'll unpack right. that in a moment. Oh, brilliant. So, I, I like being bang on the money. Thank you very much. Number two. <laughs> So straight after building memories, once we've uh, achieved a certain level of achievement and the flywheel, we're going to go iterating on these all the time. So we're never going to perfect building memories and only then move on. We're going to look at our limited resources or whatever it is, our focused marketing efforts. Um, and then the second vital component is going to be maximizing availability. So you imagine that somebody comes into a physical store and is looking for toothpaste. If you are not on the shelf, they cannot mm. buy you. So we have to maximize availability for those that are looking for us and our category of, right. of product or service. I'm listening. I'm writing at the same time. So no availability. Worries. I've got no yeah. So I was actually writing availability because it is that thing of if or when the person needs you, if you can't yes. be in front of them, it's impossible. And a, a huge part of availability is therefore Google. 
because when they have the need, they're likely to search on Google and you need to make sure you're ranking. And I'm sorry for ruining the second action. Points. You're not ruining the second. You're giving these, <laughs> these great teasers into them. Okay, so let's swing around to the third. Now, once we have maximized our availability, limited by whatever financial budget or time budget we have, we then need to reach the market. So we need to look for those users or look for those that market sector, those customers that are not looking for us, right? So we need to get in front of new market spaces. And then once we've done that to a certain level of execution, then we're going to go back. Are we building memories? How can we improve how we're building mm. memories? So that is the flywheel. Very simple. And at the core of this, we really want to just return to the fundamentals of marketing. And you just mentioned, you know, to maximize availability, uh, you said to get onto Google. That may be true. But it may not be true depending on the product or service, depending mm. on what it is that people are buying. So instead of getting lost in all the actions of marketing, which is so easy to do, right? It is super yeah. easy to fill your day with effort. Is it the right effort? And that's what the, the marketing flywheel is about. It's about these fundamental questions of where am I focusing? Which essential component am I, component am I working on right now? And how mm. does that tie into what I'm going to be working on next week, next month, next year? Um, so that's right. it. Building memories, Brilliant. maximizing availability, and reach the market. That, that's hugely, hugely interesting. And I love how neat it is, and I love the fact it's in three. Uh, I'm obsessed yeah. by everything in threes. Uh, that's how knowledge graphs work. That's how my brain works. Yeah. That's how we understand. <laughs> and using the three is brilliant. Um, one thing is I'm hugely happy to have you on the show. I didn't research. I never researched because I want to learn with everybody else. And this is I know going to be hugely, hugely interesting. And the interesting thing from my perspective is you were an experiment using Podmatch. Yeah. And I was just showing how Podmatch works and I picked you at random. And it turns out it's one of those moments in life where luck would have it, I made exactly the right choice. So what are the actions for the memories? Yeah, so just to speak about that luck, you know, we're as lucky as we are prepared as well. So, you know, let, let, let's maximize our chances. And I think the word luck is very important here because there is an element of risk in marketing. It's, there is an element of gambling. So we're trying to minimize that risk Ooh. by getting all the data that we can. And, and so that's informed how we built this flywheel. So now jumping into the, the two essential actions of the components. As you mentioned when we when I started talking about build memories, we're going to be using story and we're going to be using design. Story yeah. is going to help us engage more areas of our customers' brains so that they remember what we do. They, you know, they understand in 30 seconds or less exactly what we do. So let's contrast this. Instead of a mechanic that says impeccable, uh, impeccable engineering, transparency, mm -hmm. innovation. It says, we fix your car so you can drive safely. We get you right. to your, uh, you know, we protect your family when it counts most. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. and story is just going to be a very useful way for your customer to store in their brain what you do. And then mm -hmm. design, now we're talking about your brand assets, we're talking about being distinct. So as much as we want to be differentiated in our language and our offering, we want that both and of being distinct. We want to be, oh, they're the pink one with the horse. Or they're the, mm. oh, they're, they're the one that had that funny ad word about the kid wearing those big shoes. You know, these mm. are moments so that when the customer engages with that problem moment in the future, they remember and they recognize. 
you know, you're recognizable right. and you're memorable. And they go, oh, yeah, there was that mechanic with the white horse that gets you safely. Should we call them? What was their name? Yeah. You know, and then they're, yeah. Brilliant. But I love the idea we're talking about luck and risk and gambling within uh, digital marketing or marketing is that you're saying, well, if I'm going to be the pink horse, it's a risk that the pink horse isn't going to be seen as credible. Mm -hmm. So you're gambling on actually, can I make that pink horse work for me or is it going to end yep. up working against me? To what extent do you think people should push out to be different and take that risk? To the extent that they have researched the market. Right. We cannot sit in little black rooms. Oh, I've got a marketing genius moment. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to rebrand the whole company. No, you need to engage with your potential customers. You need to be doing surveys. You need to be doing research into your competitors. You need to find out, okay, if all of our competitors have horses, maybe we shouldn't have a horse as a logo. You know, mm. even if we're making saddles, maybe we should look at something else. You know, what are the other, you know, a needle and thread. There's nobody doing that in our category. Great. Let's start there and let's get feedback. Um, and, right. and do surveys with with focus groups anywhere that you can, and you know you can use these online tools very cheaply to to get opinions back on polls and and, and opinions right, yeah. on surveys and stuff. So that's a great way to again make your decision based on data. A little story here: right. we had a customer who um, you know the site was all about. I think it was being orange. That was their brand color, and they oh that's know, part of their, Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, For the in people this listening example, to the. Sorry, for the people it's listening not you. <laughs> to the Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard podcast, it's because the color orange is on screen right now. Sorry, Josh, I'll keep going with your orange That's, story. Thank you for clarifying for those that are driving. And, and <laughs> you know, the, the point here was that we ran an A-B test and we found that a green call to action button was getting 25% more conversions. So what are you going to do? Are you going to say, no, well, we're orange because we have a mission with the sun and, you know, this is ingrained in our grandfather's DNA here. Or we're going to say, we need to get customers. We need to serve as many people as possible. So let's follow the data and let's make informed choices. Obviously, you know, not getting pushed around by what the market is, is, mm. is kind of saying, but there is this two-way conversation. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I, I love that. I mean, I think we do get obsessed with our own kind of brand image and brand message. And sometimes you have to take a step back and say, well, I need to adapt to my market. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing that did occur to me is the idea of looking at your market to figure out what it is you should and shouldn't be doing. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, at CaliCube, we have a concept called entity equivalence, which is we push them into the CaliCube Pro database, and then we analyze the market to template the brand SERP and the knowledge panel. That means we can immediately see what are the commonalities so I would suggest perhaps, and tell me if I'm barking up the wrong tree, we look at the commonality, commonalities. There are some things we need to have and then add on the top a little cherry that's the differentiator, the pink horse. Yeah, for sure. We're looking for that both and. You know, I think, I think we, we want to be credible in our category and mm. we want to be recognizable using emotional story to tell our customers mm. what we're doing. So I think what you're doing is, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then I think making right. sure that that there is something distinct. And that's really the word we want to focus on here for being memorable. It's really being distinct and being distinct and differentiated, you know, because at the end of the day, every competitor of yours has something that differentiates them. So if you right. take the customer's perspective, you all are special in some way, which means you're kind of, you know, you're all unique snowflakes. But if you zoom out, you're all just snowflakes to the customer. But if there's a right. pink one, 
I know that that one's different in some way that I can remember. Um, but yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Or a red one for that matter. Or um, a red one or an orange one. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So moving on to availability, you said mm -hmm. there are two action points yeah. for availability and your example was toothpaste in a supermarket. You need to actually yeah. be available when the person's in the supermarket. What are the two actions there? Not obviously toothpaste, so, but generally. Yeah. <laughs> so this is only applicable for toothpaste. If you saw anything <laughs> other than toothpaste, just stop listening right now. No, so um, the, the two actions there, we want to be easy to find and easy to buy. And this, and this mm. separation really helps us focus in on what are we achieving here? Easy to find, obviously, you know, Google ads, you know, we, we've got to make sure that we've got the right keywords when people are looking for toothpaste, and I'm putting up my hands here to represent <laughs> any product or service uh, for those of you driving. Um, we, we have to be easy to find for those that are looking for our category. And remember, we wanting to swim upstream. Mm. We're not wanting to, to sell our product or service. We're wanting to sell the category uh, of mm. the, the product or service that we're in. So we're looking for those category entry points so that we are easy to find. And once we are easy to find, we want to be easy to buy. We want to reduce clicks on the way to checkout. We want to make sure that we're loading quickly. We want to make sure that we're competitive. This is all about reducing buying friction. And a story that really gives you the impact and the necessity of this, iPhone. Apple is the mm. most recognizable brand on the planet. Where can you buy an iPhone? Anywhere the technology is sold. You can buy it in Walmart. You can buy it from Verizon. You can buy it uh, on eBay. You can buy it from the Apple store. You can buy it online. So if the most recognizable brand is making their product available anywhere where the category is, is engaged mm. with how much more so our companies? And again, it's the both and. We can't list our product on Amazon, get it into Walmart, get into Whole Foods as well as, you know, launch it out on eBay and have our own. We have to prioritize the low um, hanging fruit. But if we want to build market share, which is what a resilient company that's destined for greatness is doing, we have to be maximizing availability all the time. Right. So making ourselves available and easy to find and easy to buy from more and more customers who are looking for our category. Right, and that makes me realize that at CaliCube we have our services and we're not necessarily easy to find within the category, uh, which is branding and, mm -hmm. um, and online reputation management and making sure that your brand is represented correctly across the entire internet. And we focus mm -hmm. so much on Google because that's where I come from and that mm -hmm. isn't maximizing our availability. Google's important, but tell me, there are masses of other places to be available. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it really just depends where your customers. So, so that's the question we want, our, mm -hmm. we want to ask of our businesses. Where do people look when they're trying to buy my product or service? Are they going onto Google? Are they going onto Pinterest? Are they going onto yeah. Instagram? Are they in a Facebook group? Are they, you know, are they looking at billboards? You know, these, these, these mediums still exist for a reason. Are they looking right. for direct mail? Are they, you know, if we're selling retirement, uh, is cold, is email going to work? Or do we need to be calling people uh, if we're mm. selling retirement insurance or, or something for the focus area that we that we that we installing or, or sorry, putting our energy into at this initial level? Right. A, a friend of mine, uh, Phil Paluccia, said, "Stand where they're looking." Fantastic. Exactly. Stand where they're I, looking. Yeah. It, it's really really neat, isn't it? He actually says, "Stand where they're looking." then show them the next step and then demonstrate the value to them that they'll get from 
what you're what you're able to offer. And I, I, it's so simple. It is lovely. Yeah, it, isn't it? and you know the, the the best marketing really is simple. And I think we can you know we want there are elements in our industry that want to make this complex, that want to hide some kind of mysterious knowledge behind a black wall that is very expensive mm. to get into. But at the core of it, you know, marketing is 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 it's hard, but it is simple. And I want to use yeah. your 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 example of be where people are looking as a segue mm. to our final component here. Well, the final component before we go back again to building memories. And this third <laughs> essential component of marketing is reaching the market. So be where people are looking for you. And then this is about be where people uh, might expect you to be if they were looking for you. So, mm. you know, we want to reach people that aren't looking for us right now. We want to be reaching new users. And the story that really drives this home is that Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola's more than 50% of Coca-Cola's annual revenue comes from individuals who buy Cokes one to two times per year. Really? So, yes, this is true. This is data. You know, you go. go I thought it was, this. I was going to say Coke addicts. Addict, but that's the wrong yeah thing well to you'd say, think you think right and this is this is the idea that brands are built on heavy buyers that brands are built mm. on on people that are obsessed and they're buying you know buckets and buckets of this product or they've you know, they never listen to anyone else's advice and the truth is that really great companies companies that are resilient and make it through market turbulence they are the ones that are attracting they are reaching as much of the market as possible and the way that we mm. do that is that we focus on users and uses. So a great example of this as well, uh, and just to, just to close off on Coca-Cola, they have built a connection with so many uses that they're able to attract a maximum amount of users in the market. You drink Coke when you're tired, you drink Coke to relax, you drink Coke with friends, you drink Coke when you're on the beach, you drink Coke at Christmas mm. when it's snowing because of the Santa Claus ads. You drink Coke to remember old times, You. you there's so many connections to the use of that product that whenever someone encounters one of those uses, those problems, I really want to remember my childhood. Oh, man, mm. I just feel like a nostalgic day. Oh, man, on the, we're going to the beach. We need a Coke. Uh, you know, mm. it, it, we're having turkey dinner. Oh, well, you know, let, let's have a Coke. And they've had all of, these, all of these memories built. They've built all of these connections with users, with mm. uses that so many users are then engaging with the product. So this is the both and of a, an avatar. We only sell to financial directors between the ages of 30 to 35 who are earning X amount of dollars, right? That might yeah. be an initial focus area because you have limited mm. resource and you want to be open to anyone buying from you. So we want to make sure that our language in our messaging, our offer, where we are available, all of these actions are not making assumptions about who wants to buy from us. We want to be available mm. to anyone that wants to buy. Again, an example from Apple. Right. Sorry, you were going to jump in. Yeah, no, I was like, so I'm thinking about CaliCube, which is what I always do. Um, mm. And because we deal with brand messaging on Google and becoming the authority in your niche and building from Google outwards to become the authority in your niche, we're potentially helpful to everybody. And that's a huge problem. And as you say, start with a focus and then build out. Um, and yeah. that, that's hugely, hugely important for us. So now, now please, please do continue. Yeah, you know, just to say again, if you if you look at the 
the big some of the biggest sites in the world that are that are attracting attention and traffic if you take apple the launch out of the the new iphone iphone 14 i think we're at now um android guy over here I spot the android guy yeah. um but but in the in the messaging they have been very specific about building connections with certain users there's certain users that want that satellite ability to send sms's right because mm. that's what sells it for them so there's a whole landing page there's a whole campaign just about wow we're using satellites and da -da 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 -da, and that's attracting a certain user then there's somebody else that wants to make beautiful cinematic 4k videos with ultimate stabilization and there's mm. a whole bunch of campaigns around that and that is going to attract that user there's another user that you know wants to have very secure data so there's a whole campaign and landing page about that right. as well so it's about taking our product or service it doesn't change our product or service. It just means that we are using different language to talk about and highlight aspects of the uses that our product or service can, you know, fulfill mm. so that we are available to more and more users. Right. There's a couple of things I love there is uses and users and the way you enunciate it so well, because if you don't, <laughs> nobody understands what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. But this is exactly what we need to do at CaliCube. There are so many uses for so many users. And Elisa, mm. um, who will now listen to this, I'll ask her to listen to this. We need to figure out all of those uses and who the users are for those uses. That's going to be huge. Um, and another thing I wanted to say, because I think we're going to go back around the flywheel again, because that's the point of a flywheel, is that I think, Marianne, everybody in the company at CaliCube should listen to this episode. This is a wonderful overview of what we're trying to achieve and with limited means, how we can move towards achieving that. Uh, so carry on, Josh. Are we going back to the beginning or have we not quite finished the end yet? Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of this model, right? Is that once we have, have looked at how do we maximize the users in this next financial quarter, you know, let, let's say for the next quarter, we're going to be looking at uh, and again, focusing on data. Let's look at our last 100 clients, our last 10 clients. You know, who were they? What are the common languages that they use to describe the problem that we helped them solve? Great. Okay, let's run some ads. Let's test some of the language mm. of what is working here. And now let's go back to building memories. How can we make our story more succinct? Um, again, here, if we're in story, we're wanting to minimize, literally minimize the kilojoules that the human brain has to expend to know where to store the name of your brand and what you do. So the, mm. the easier you make that for the human brain, the more likely it is to be recalled later. When we confuse, we lose. If the human brain is trying so hard to understand what exactly does this company do? It seems like they're into, uh, you know what? I, if it's that hard to, to think about, I, you know, TikTok notification just went off. Let me go. You know, we're gone. Right. So yeah. At its core, story is is cause and effect, and this is and the reason it works across every culture, every age group, is that we've been using story for tens, if not hundreds, of thousands of years to deliver meaning, to pass meaning mm. from one person to another, and and so it's cause and effect. When they see your brand, you know, we sell running shoes that reduce back pain. Great, mm. I know exactly what you do. That's it. So in my head, right. I know where to store that. If I have a running problem or a back problem, I can think of this brand, mm. you know, medicine shoes, and 
There we go. And it's the one that has, you know, these bones sticking out of a shoe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, the point I mean, but, but then, then, yeah, you have a, another triple, which is Nike provides you with shoes that reduce or will solve your back yeah. issues or reduce back issues. And that triplet is, I've got a back issue, I need shoes, Nike will help, or I need shoes, yeah. Um, yeah. Nike will help. And on top of that, it's going to help me with my back problem. I'm, I'm getting a bit confused, but that idea of saying this is what we do and this is how it benefits you and tagging yes. your brand onto that with the pink yeah. horse that you mentioned early on yeah. is huge. I think you mentioning Nike is an important one. And, I, you know, we've spoken about Coca-Cola. We've spoken about Apple. Mm. You know, how does, how does the mom and pop shop that's listening or how does the, the, the tradesman listening go, well, listen, that's not going to work for me. I, mm. I, and, and there is some credence to that. You know, when you get to a certain level of what we call brand fame, which is basically mm. where more than 50% of the market can recognize the logo and attach a name to it or a tagline right. and attach a logo or a name to it then you're in a different level of marketing, right? So we really, in terms of building memories, we want to have our brand name wherever we can on our collateral that we're sending out there in right. our emails. Because even if that email is not opened, the brand name is there and it's going to be building those memories, which take which takes right. time. And, and I think you, just you the, mentioned sorry, mom, mom and pop businesses and just kind of yeah. say, but within, I mean, you need to be, that 50% within whatever it, your niche is. And if your niche is a town, that 50% is your own, but it's in that town. So it, Very good it point. is working for you. And within my topicality or CaliCube's topicality of brand search knowledge panels, ORM, we need to be the 50% when people are looking at that. Um, so focus yep. on your industry and making sure you hit that 50% of recognition. Yeah, yeah. And and being open to the potential that the the, the market is using different language. So mm. if we've got time for another story, I'll throw one at you if you if you want to throw hear me it. a story. Uh, Kleenex. So Kleenex originally <laughs> launched. I think it was in the 1930s, and they their initial offering was a cold cream remover. You know, cold cold cream remover, basically taking <laughs> off makeup. That it was, right. it was pitched as a woman's product for removing the oily uh, makeup that was around in the marketplace at that time. What they found was that men were using it as a disposable handkerchief. Mm. And they spent, I think it was six years, resisting this. No, 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 we're a woman's <gasps> makeup remover. Mm. Da, da, da. When they finally made the decision to make the, make the Kleenex a little bit bigger, you know, mm. for men, they got bigger hands, bigger faces, I don't know, uh, and change their language to disposable uh, handkerchief, they doubled their revenue. Mm. So they were listening to the marketplace and they let go of this, this identity, this brand mission and vision right. that they had. And they said, you know, what is the market using our product for? What is the market using our service for? And we need to, we need to give them permission. Mm. We need to give them language. We need to give them agency. And all of a sudden, you know, that company has doubled in revenue. Uh, so just a great yeah. example of, of the need to listen to the market. That's brilliant. The need to listen to the market. That's brilliant. Embrace what the market is mm. actually looking for mm. as opposed to trying to impose your own thoughts on it. Super. That's absolutely brilliant. I, I now know that this is going to be one of those episodes that we use at CaliCube as a reference, Josh. Uh, and I'm hugely happy with that. Mad Singers has managed that. David Bain has managed that with his pump and funnel. Um, and there are a few episodes that we actually go back and watch as a team 
um, and this is going to be one of them. So do you think you can finish this off uh, by making it hugely applicable to CaliCube with either how can a marketing flywheel help with branded search or how does branded search tie in with marketing flywheels? Yeah, so how can a marketing flywheel help with branded search, I think is, is a good one to, mm -hmm. to bring into the conversation. And a marketing help flywheel is going to help with branded search because it's going to give us a, a list of priorities that we need to mm. address. We, we're going to use the questions of, of, are we building memories in this, this branded search effort that we are investing in? Is our brand mm. even visible on this asset that we are trying to make searchable? Mm. Is our tagline there? Is it recognizable? So are we building the memories? Is it, does it maximize availability? So does it tie into what people are looking for? Does our brand name tie into what people are looking for? Is it a is it a, an easy segue from one to the other? And then of course, you know, reaching the market. You know, how does how does people looking for this brand? How does it become such that someone that isn't yet aware of the problem could stumble across us? And where do we need to yeah. be to stumble across? You know, you know. So if if, uh, for example, if I'm, you know, I'm selling um, very expensive face cream, maybe I want Google display ads on a luxury car brand mm. website or, or somewhere where my users are hanging out. So it just gives right. us a frame to look at what are we trying to achieve and what is the priority list of marketing effort? Because we can, as I said, just get so busy yeah. being busy. Yeah, we get so busy being busy. You've got lots of catchphrases in here. And one thing that does strike me is with marketing, ultimately, we're trying to get people to Google our brand name or to search for our brand name or seek us out. That's the ultimate aim, which is why I think kind of um, from our perspective, what we're doing feeds into everything else, which is why I ask those two questions at the end, because I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure we can always connect it. Um, so that was absolutely brilliant, Josh. I really enjoyed it. I'm very happy with the luck we had. Uh, maybe <laughs> luck is what you make of opportunity or something along those lines. I'm trying to yeah, make up so. some catchphrases myself. <laughs> uh, next week, everybody, we've got Scott Terman building a personal brand online with a book. He helped me write my book. He's absolutely brilliant, and I love talking to him. Please, could you pass the baton, Josh? Very happy to pass the baton over here to Scott Terman. Very excited to listen to the insights that he has and that uh, he and Jason are going to be discussing. I know they collaborated on this book together. And uh, here's the baton, Scott. And oh, no, going the wrong way. Here we go yeah. from this side. There we go, Scott. There you go. The passing the baton is hugely, surprisingly difficult. Um, and I love it. I really enjoy it. I'm getting it wrong as well. So thank you so much, Josh. You get the outro song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> you like the song. Cali Cube. Absolutely. It's all about your brand, Serp.